And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's Top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some birds with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Boshiel and Zach coming at you with steps and things, flapping their wings on. How do you have time to consume all this content? You're listening to Dave Spadaro interviews. I I take the morning bike ride and I listen to. Oh, I want to hear more about that. But go ahead. No, the Schuylkill Trail. Really? Wow. This episode is presented by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner of The Athletic. Sign up at BetMGM.com using the promo code THEATHLETICPOD. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends, a post-game pod. It is 1.33 East Coast time, 11.33 local time in Denver, Colorado. I am Bo Wolf, joined by Zach Berman after the Eagles... 30 to 13 win over the previously five and four Denver Broncos. A huge win for the Eagles. Their offense continues to be one of the best in the league over the past three weeks. Somehow the defense comes up with some big plays. It is their third win of 17 points or more this season. They are all of a sudden on the periphery of the playoff hunt. It's not so crazy to think it could happen. And Zach, we are here to talk about the game. And let our nuts hang. We are here to talk about the game. Correct. Uh, Big win. Huge win. Really impressed with them. Impressed with the offense. Impressed with Jalen Hurts. This was as well. That first half was the best half of football Jalen Hurts has played uh, since he's been in Philadelphia. And if you combine the second half of the Chargers game and the first half of the Broncos game, you you have four really good quarters there. Um, or three and a half. Can you do that? Are you allowed to do that? No, you can't. But my point is that uh, he's getting better, right? That he that he is he's really progressing. Uh, I thought the defense was much better. It really uh, holds true the way they play against non-top quarterbacks, if you will. They did make some changes. They were more aggressive. They got to the quarterback. They forced a turnover. Played really well today. Uh, give the defense credit. Uh, and and you are right about where they stand. I mean, I, I wrote in our cheat sheet on Friday when we gave our, our predictions. I, I predicted the Broncos would win. Uh, but I, I said at the end of the prediction, I said, however, this is a winnable game and a victory would keep any hopes of a winning record a realistic possibility. And when you just look at the schedule now, I understand when you're four and six, there's no such thing as an easy game, but they have really all winnable games. Saints next week included all winnable games 
up until uh, week 18 and week 18. Uh, we don't know what the Cowboys are, are going to be playing for then. So uh, the Eagles are, are trending in the right direction. It's a credit to this coaching staff. It's a, it's a credit to the players. Um, and, and, and we'll see if they can keep it going. You're going to no sell my let them hang thing. Well, you can explain it to the audience, but I think that if I just concurred, it would be, it would be an odd concurring, right? Like, uh, you know, you have to know what you're talking about. It as as birds with friends is want to do. Uh, we lean we lean in on the esoteric, but I think that is an esoteric that must be explained. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, the explanation for that we can get to because it happened after Devonte Smith's uh, second touchdown. But why don't we uh, work our way through this game, Zach? And uh, the Eagles started off with another pretty solid opening drive, but they had to settle for a field goal. And then the defense gets a stop on the first uh, defensive possession, uh, which, you know, they hadn't really done in the past. And we did get our answer today as to whether or not Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback because he didn't play well against the Eagles. And so that means he's not. And then on the Eagles second drive, I thought this was um, this was when Hertz maybe looked his best. Um, well, maybe that's not fair, but one of my favorite plays that he made in this game was that second drive. It was a third and 14, I think, and he faced some pressure. He stepped up in the pocket, moved away from the pressure, but did not bail from the pocket, stepped up and found a, a crossing Dallas Goddard to his left for uh, a 20-plus yard completion for a first down. It was actually the play that knocked Dallas Goddard out of the game. He took a, a brutal hit from Justin Simmons that I thought should have been a flag um, and suffered a concussion. But then after that, uh, as Nick Sirianni explained, they kept sort of trying to call this this out and up double move to Devontae Smith, and uh, the Broncos defense was not showing the look that they wanted. So Hertz kept checking out of it. They kept running the ball, and then uh, eventually he did go to it. It was not wide open. He threw it up to Devontae Smith, who made uh, an insane catch over uh, Pat Sertan in good coverage, and uh, that gave the Eagles a, a ten nothing lead. And not to say that they didn't look back because the Broncos would end up tying the game at ten, but I thought that was. Uh, the start that the Eagles were looking for. Well said. It was a really good drive, save for that eight-yard loss to Jalen Rager. Uh, other than <laughs> – Gosh, he – I mean, that guy just – Well, well he, he did have a nice break. catch along the right sideline, but – That was a nice catch, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you, you know, they were in second and 18, which is a tough spot. Uh, they, they, get, they get six yards there, make it third and 12. Third and 12 is hard. Right. Third and 12. I, I, I'm trying not to say right as often. Uh, third and 12 Left. is is a challenging play. And. You said it hurts. Hurts steps up, finds Goddard. Uh, Goddard makes a nice catch, hangs in there, gets hit hard by by Justin Simmons. A flag should have been called there. I, I agree. Uh, but but that that keeps the drive going. They 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 run the ball twice and then and then hit and, and then hit Devonte Smith and I'll say like Sertan, I, I, look I I've been screwing this up since April, the Sertan and Sertan thing Sertan right? <laughs> I think it's Sertan. <laughs> yes, um, Sertan. Think about think about um, think about Sorry. a guy with a with a crown standing on the beach. <laughs> you got it. Uh, Sertan was in really good coverage and. Devontae just made a play. 
credit to Devontae and credit to Jalen Hurts for giving him a chance to make that play. On his birthday, no less. Uh, uh, yeah, on his on his 23rd birthday. So if that Do you make your joke. <laughs> my joke is that if, if he was born seven months earlier, you would have ripped on the pick. Well, I don't think he would have been the pick. I mean, <laughs> I mean in this hypothetical, there is there are different variables. Who knows? Maybe he wouldn't have uh, maybe he wouldn't have gone to Alabama if he was that old. True. I don't know. Who knows? Um, so then uh, the Broncos end up tying the game on the next two possessions. The Eagles had a three and out in there. They're only three and out in the game. Uh, made a 10-10. And then, uh, so this was an important answer from the Eagles. 10-10, midway through the second quarter, they get the ball uh, on their 25, and they end up going 12 plays, 75 yards for a touchdown drive. Uh, a huge scramble from Jalen Hurts in there for 31 yards. Again, they're leading on the running game. We can get to that, you know, philosophical shift again. But uh, the play here, third and five, uh, third and goal from the five, rather. And uh, the Broncos blitz. Jalen Hurts hits Devontae Smith for a touchdown. And Devontae Smith does the Sam Cassell, Pedro Serrano, hop around, grab your uh, imaginary low-hanging fruits. And uh, we found out after the game that this has been uh, the rallying cry from Nick Sirianni over the past couple of weeks. Let your nuts hang. You want to so keep going? Yeah. I don't know. What do you uh, What do you make of it? <laughs> what do I make of it? Uh, well, yeah, for anyone who is uh, of a certain age, as uh, in that wheelhouse, or I shouldn't, I shouldn't say in that wheelhouse. Uh, I'm in, I'm 35 years old. I'm five years younger Lex. than I'm five years younger than Nick Sirianni, I believe. I, I, th- I think Sirianni is forty. I thought you were going to say Brandon Whedon. No, than <laughs> Sirianni. But we were, uh, you know, I I was my team growing up was the Fab Five, as we discussed. On yeah, I mean, so Nick Sirianni's press conference, he hits he hits with a with a Zach, uh, uh, name drop a brother. And a Fab Five. This was like he hit the triple threat for you. Go ahead. Uh, and so this is what you know. This is this is what the Fab Five used to say. This is this is what I I, I think it was. Uh, I think it was Ray Jackson who who uh, who said it first, right? Um, oh, was he the one who said it first? Because I put Jimmy King in the day after. I thought. Uh, no, nah, I mean. Well, you're the I, you're the scholar. You're the Fab Five scholar. Yeah, I, I think Ray Jackson said it first, and then Jimmy King said it after that. Okay, but I would I would need to look that up. But uh, Nick Sirianni, also a big Fab Five fan, and him and his brother Jay used you know this is something they say, and Jay wanted him to say it at the press conference. Mm, let him hang. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, it's hard to say. You know what? I have to say, if you're gonna say let him hang. You gotta follow that advice and and go balls out at the press conference and say it. I mean, I, I wasn't. Don't be don't be timid uh, in front of the cameras. So Michigan used to say this in the huddle. They would say with a one two three, let them hang or something like that. And of course, it all comes. No, back they would to, say it comes back to the Ghetto Boys. They wouldn't say them. They would say let your. Okay. Hey, so yeah, okay. um, so 
Anyways, that's uh, that's more time than we need to spend. A lot on of talk on the, about the kibbles and bits. But uh, that uh, that was a big touchdown there. That was a big drive. What what, what jumps out to me? I I I know you you tease me about how big a deal I, I make about third downs, but uh, you know third and two, third and three, third and five on that drive, right? So so they were in third and manageable the whole time, uh, and a lot of it comes down to being productive on first down outside of that first and 10 on the first play of that drive. They were, they did, they had uh let's see a 31 yard scramble. That was a huge play uh, on a, on a first and 10 Boston Scott was stuffed for no gain on a, on a first and 10, but then hurts hurts ran for four yards on a, on a, on a first and 10 uh, hurts the Jack stole for four yards on a first and goal at the nine. I bring this up as a way of saying to get in the third and manageable, it, it, it helps to be productive on first down and, uh, or at, at least not to have zero or negative yards on first down. And, and, and so, uh, that's, that's what jumped out there. Well, to be fair on that drive, one, two, I mean, half of their first downs were, were zero yards. Or I guess no, two out of two out of the five. Yeah, two out of the five. Yes. Okay. Um, so then the Broncos uh, give the ball back, uh, a sack from Derek Barnett. Credit to him. I know you want to give it to him, Zach. And then the Eagles uh, moved down the field in a two-minute drill, and I thought uh, they looked good on this drive. They were really moving the ball, but the uh, clock management here left a little bit to be desired. They they ended the half with two timeouts uncalled which is sort of insane given uh, the way that that drive went. They had a, a, a completion on a slant to Devontae Smith uh, to the Broncos 34 with about 50 seconds left, and they didn't call one of the timeouts. And then the clock ran all the way to the 25, and then they ended up not taking any of the timeouts. So that was uh, not great. However, um, despite that, they had a third and 10 with 15 seconds left, and Jalen Hurts throws just a beautiful pass to Quez Watkins. It should have been a touchdown. Quez just straight drops it. So they end up settling for a 52 yard field goal to go up 20 to 10 at the half. And, and as you said, it was the best, uh, I thought easily the best half of football that, that Jalen Hurts has played this year. Agreed. Really impressed. And it wasn't that. And that takes, that's a lot. I mean, it takes a lot for you to be impressed by the offense. Uh, Let's not overstate that, but Jalen Hurts, like they were winning because of Jalen Hurts. This was this was not a strong running game, and like Hurts managing the game and not and just just not screwing it up. Uh, no, Hurts Hurts was making high difficulty throws, high difficulty plays. Uh, he was hitting. Uh, I I mean he was he 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 had some really good throws in there. He he did a good job escaping pressure. He was he was running effectively. Jalen Hurts was doing everything during that drive and during that half, I should say, that if you're saying, can he be the quarterback here? Um, if he plays like he did in the first half, the answer is absolutely yes. I think that's fair. And I think it's I think it's well said what you said. It wasn't like he was just being the caretaker of this dominant rushing game. He was he was a, a major factor in, in the offensive success himself. Uh, so but before we get to the second half, just zooming out because the second half on offense was not great. And, and we'll get to that. Uh, you know, Hertz completes one pass for two yards in the entire second half, um, because they start 
running the ball and the Broncos uh, are running away or are, they're running away from things to, to a certain extent. But uh, so Shield has the tweet about, you know, the Eagles offensive performance over the past three weeks. They've got the best EPA per drive in the league over the past three weeks. Now I know that uh, you're not throwing any parades for EPA per drive, um, but let me pull up the rest of, of what it is. What first in EPA per drive, uh, second in points per game. Is that what it is? And what, what is it? And first in touchdowns per drive. Uh, so 28 points per game over the last three games. Zach, are you willing to say that the offense has been successful over the past three weeks? Are, are you, would you go so far as to say they've been good? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I thought the first half, uh, they're beyond, uh, they were really good. I mean, they, they scored 20 points in the first half, right? Um, that was a really good half of football against a good defense. I, I, I know that the Broncos DVOA wasn't very good, but uh, they have players on that defense. They have a good scheme. I thought uh, I, I was really impressed with the Eagles offense. I, I will give them a lot of credit. And when you view it over. But they only scored six more points than they did last week. In the game. Correct. No, no, we, yeah, correct. Wasn't well, it just about points? <laughs> it, I mean, six more points is a lot of points, right? Well, it came uh, from the defense, though. Seven of those points. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, are are you are you like trying to argue the point from last week? Are are we relitigating last week here? I'm just trying to figure out. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just trying to figure out what matters to you about the offense. What the the twenty points in the first half matters to me about the offense? Okay, right? Like I I don't think the offense was good in the second half. By the way, I think uh, they turned the ball over in the second half. They had, um, well, I mean they they had they they went three and out uh, on their first drive in the second half. They went three and out another time. So. I mean, I think they were. It's. I think if you were, were to look at it on a per drive basis, they were worse in this game than they were against the. Yeah, Chargers, so I. But. I don't think what the way they played in the second half was 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 that good. Honestly, um, I'm focusing more on the first half. Twenty points okay. in the first half, and Jalen made high level throws. I give him a lot of credit. I'm. Yeah, I. I think that's okay. Reasonable. So yes, I, the I offense the offense like, does I, not do anything I, I, in the I second half. I will say this too, I, and I I I know this How is dare you not. Cut me off. What's the, no 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 no? I was uh, still making my point. Uh, your opinions allowed to change and evolve, right? I I I don't think you have to pick one side, uh, <laughs> and then that is what you think for eternity. I I had a slight disagreement about the way last week was characterized. I will say, it, I mean, if you want me to say I'm wrong about the offense, you don't have I will to say, say I'm wrong. wrong about the offense. I, I'll, I'll, I'll say they were really good in the first half tonight. They were not so good in the second half tonight, but, but they, but they made plays and that, that, uh, that, that defense that is like an affront to you and shield sensibilities. Um, they came through in the second half with, with some big plays. They did. Um, and so, yes, the offense in the second half, bad. Jalen Hurts uh, threw an interception, should have thrown two interceptions. He also had a fumble uh, in the first half. So uh, it, it was sort of a 
atypical game for Jalen Hurts in that sense because this season he's been so good at protecting the ball and uh, you know not making a ton of plays from the pocket. It was sort of the reverse in this game. Um, and those interceptions were bad. I mean, his hand is hit uh, because Kenny Gainwell misses a block, but he shouldn't be throwing that ball probably um, if there's a guy in his face. Um, and, you know, you're winning the game. Don't, don't throw an interception. Um, so that wasn't great. But um, as you said, as you paved, uh, as you teased, uh, the defense makes the huge play. It's, uh, it's 20 to 13 uh, late in the third quarter. The game is very much uh, in the balance. It's getting a little bit chippy out there. And on fourth and one from the Eagles, 23, uh, Melvin Gordon goes up the middle. Davion Taylor, in his return to Mile High Stadium, forces the fumble. Darius Slay uh, pulls it out of the pile, pulls it to Sean Jackson, uh, and bobbles the ball, picks it up, and sprints. And he said after the game, that he knew it was 13 personnel, so there were a bunch of fat guys out there, so he knew he had a chance. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater gives him the old Olay in the open field, and all of a sudden it goes from potentially being a 20-20 to game to a 27-13 lead for the Eagles. This was what you wrote about, Zach, so uh, give, give me your uh, your take on the play and, and how big it was. Yeah, so I, I would say uh, selfishly, I hope our audience – checks out my article. I, 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 I think there's a, there's a lot of good details in that article. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that story. Yeah. For a post-game story. Yeah. I think there's a lot in there. So huge play and slay uh, sees it. If, if you go, if, if you go back and watch it, slay was just kind of like standing around, but he, he was just hoping for a favorable spot, it seems like. And then all of a sudden, he sees the ball on the ground. And as he explained, he saw the, the offensive lineman about to pick it up, and he snatches it. Uh, and he uh, – let's see, it was, it was Devontae Smith who, who had the line that Slay kind of holds, holds the ball like a, a bad kid and has, has, has no ball security. Slay actually fumbles the ball again. And then picks it up, and he still holds it. Off, he still holds it loose, but did a did a great job of changing directions, finding space, good vision, great speed. Um, made it work. Has that eighty three yard touchdown where he he ran for like over one hundred and twenty yards. Uh, it's interesting because I I imagine there were a lot of people, coaches included. Uh, because coaches said this in the headset to Nick Sirianni, like jump on the ball, jump on the ball. And he he did not. Darius Slay uh, is not one who wants to jump on the ball. So, uh, Nick Sirianni said they have city fumbles and country fumbles, and city fumbles are, are basically in crowded space. You get down, country fumbles, uh, you can try to scoop and score. Uh, this this was like a if – it, if it wasn't a city fumble, it was like a – densely populated suburb fumble mm -hmm. right that uh you could make the argument he should have gotten down but the game might be different if if he doesn't return that for a, a score like we were saying at the time it was a one possession game the eagles offense was not playing particularly well uh they had just turned the ball over and yeah the it was a one score game by the way i'm sorry it was a seven point game because the Eagles blocked a, a field goal. Uh, 
Yes, so that's right. We forgot to talk about that. It could have been a situation where uh, Denver was trying to take the lead there. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of coulda, woulda, but my my point Should've, is woulda. that that play, I, I think NFL Next Gen Stats had the Eagles win probability going from maybe 68% to 91%, something like that. It, it was, an, it was an, an enormous swing, one of the biggest plays, if not the biggest play of the season for the Eagles. I, I would actually say the blocked punt was probably the biggest play of the season for the Eagles. Uh, oh, no. The sleigh play is way bigger than a block. Oh, the block punt. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the block punt in Carolina. Yeah, because uh, in Carolina, they're – Yeah. Because they would have lost that game, I, I feel like, if if that punt gets off. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, I think but that's a good it's, answer. It's, it's like six or a half dozen, right? You're, so, huge play by Slay. And a really nice play by Davian Taylor, who you asked the question. He didn't even, like, try to – Force the fumble. He's he's such a he's such an earnest guy, right? He's he's so he's just he's the segment brought to you by Ernest. <laughs> he's he's so earnest. He he doesn't have any pretense about him. It seems like, and just to answer the question honestly. He just he he was just trying to keep the guy behind the line of scrimmage, and I guess he he gets the ball out. He didn't even know he did it until he saw on the screen, but. All around, huge play. That's what won them the game right there. So uh, credit to the defense. I, I know it's uh, uh, this that this defense isn't really allowed to get credit, but um, credit to this defense because uh, stepped up there with a huge play. All right. Well, uh, you mentioned Ernest, Zach, so at least we should hear from our sponsors for a second, and we'll get back and talk about the end of the game and what we uh, saw from the postgame. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Okay, Zach. Um, so after the, uh, after the big play by Darius Slay, um, really, I mean, that was the game. There wasn't much else uh, of note that happened. I think it's fair to say. I mean, I'm, I'm looking through the play sheet now and... Uh, 
really there's not a lot to talk about. That was pretty much that was pretty much the game, right? That was pretty much the game. If, uh, from you know, if if you look through your notes, uh, uh, Kelsey had a brief scare. Cox had a brief scare. Both players returned. But... Very funny that uh, I mean, like all we talk about when Nate Herbig has to go in at center is like, can he snap the ball? And he he goes in for one play, and it's a bad snap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I would imagine Glenn Dickerson's the future of that position unless they add somebody. Well, I don't know. What about Sam Alo? Oh, that's true. I, I, it could be. I think it's. I, I I put this in that in the offense yeah, thing, but I'm I'm curious to see what they're going to do there because Isaac's you could make you could make a case either way. I mean, yeah. Isaac theoretically knows the knows the you know the Stoutland better. Uh, uh, I don't know. Hmm. Something to think about, but. Uh, they when Kelsey was down, it looked bad when he was on the turf, but he missed one play altogether. So, yeah, he's good. He's good at those, like uh, looking like he's in the world's worst pain and then coming back a play later. Although he 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 might be in the world's worst pain and just playing through it, as right. we learned uh, with your article about him playing through pain. Well, it looked like he was stepped on, mm-hmm. um, and then on when he came back in the next play. Uh, that first play, he went like right after a guy. Uh, so it looked like it looked like maybe he was he was giving him the business on purpose, which gotta respect it. I'm curious what I I made the joke about how this defense isn't allowed to get credit, but what did you think of of this defense? Because uh, they did seem to play more aggressive in coverages. It seemed uh, like they pressed more anecdotally, mm-hmm. um, and they they blitzed about. Their normal rate, they blitzed like 21%, according to True Media, which is right around where they have been for the season, a little bit less than they have the past couple of weeks. Um, they had three quarterback hits, one sack, so still not. Well, plus a sack that was called back uh, mm-hmm. for roughing, which, I mean, obviously, Derek Barnett has um, a reputation. You know, I had to hold you back from running onto the field, but. Like I, I thought that was a not little, have to hold back from running onto the field. I thought that was a little ticky tack, but you know, he's got a reputation. I think it's to the point now where we have to give Derek Barnett credit for all the penalties he's not committing. I mean, think about all the plays he's out there when he's not, you know, roughing the passer or uh, you know, committing personal fouls. Like maybe, maybe he should be applauded for that. I mean, clearly he, it's in his instinct to do it on every play. So so think about the, uh, you know, how much it's it's hurting him to not be able to do it on every play. Close game at that point. You get him off the field on third down and he commits that penalty. You can debate the merits of the penalty. Uh, there, It's not like there was nothing there, right? Like there was open to interpretation enough that a penalty was called. And... An inexcusable penalty. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not trying to pile on him. An inexcusable penalty. You get all, It's hard to get off the field on third down. You get off the field on third down. You can't give them a fresh set of downs. So, I thought it was, I thought it was ticky tack. But, I mean, I can't really be defending another Derek Barnett third down penalty. It's not really. It's not really fair. Um. But I mean, you know, he did commit a penalty on like 18, like 45 other plays. True, but he did not. I just think that, uh, I mean, don't tell me what you are, show me what you are, right? And we're seeing this. He's, he's, but we don't need to go down the Derek Barnett 
a, a rabbit hole here. Derek Brennan had a, had a really nice sack too, by the way. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll give him credit there. I thought we were, I thought we were staying away from that part of the conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're talking about of the quarterback. Uh, uh, he had a really nice. I sack. thought you were going back to the Devonte Smith thing. No, um, he had a really nice sack of the quarterback, and I I wrote it in the cheat sheet for for the player to watch. I, I said Barnett. He they were missing their their tackles today. They being the Broncos were missing their tackles today. I thought Barnett had to get to the quarterback, and and, and credit to him, second sack of the season, uh, big play. Uh, that was a third down play. He's really he making the most of his contract year. There's still there's still a, a lot of time left. It is funny. But, I mean, like Mylotta gets the deal, Sweat gets the deal, Maddox is having his best year of his career, and Barnett looks like he's like the, easily the worst of his five years. So tough draw so so far. Uh, okay. So uh, what about uh, what about post game, Zach? What did you learn from uh, from the guys we talked to? Uh, so I, I I spent a lot of time asking about the sleigh play and uh, Davion Taylor, his, his role in that and kind of his, his backstory was mixed in there. So learned uh, quite a bit there. Uh, the Devante Smith celebration. I like Sirianni was like uh, taking a bit of a whiff up there. Like he was in, he was in a very, uh, you know, chest poundy mood. He was happy as he should be. Yeah, uh, sure. Absolutely. It's, it is. You 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 don't play many of these games. They only play seventeen of them. It's hard to win them. It's hard to win. Uh, it's 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 hard to win on the road, and it's hard. Those are four and two on the road. Yes, uh, it's hard to beat decent teams or good teams. And you know the Broncos took it to Dallas last week and entered the game with a winning record, and and the, it was it was a huge win for the Eagles. He. He should take away. And, and, and by the way, he called what I thought to be a really good game, especially in the first half. The script was working. Number one. Number two, I, I thought the, the team clearly responded. And yeah, we have not. Well, oh, sorry, go ahead. These past three weeks now, uh, they they're they're too, you know, they were in a bad spot after, after that Raiders game. They were it, it was bad, right? They they did not play well. They were what two and five at the time. Things looked bleak. Uh, I know they're going to Detroit, and Detroit's a, a winless team. But to the, to now have two of three games where two double digit wins. It, well, I'm sorry, wins by double digit margins, and then hung tough with the Chargers, lost on a, on a last second field goal. When you look at those three games together, the Eagles are ascending. And uh, if you wanted to see. If or how Sirianni would hold things together, uh, if if you're judging Sirianni based on progress, I think that this is a really good sign, and I would imagine that Eagles fans feel better about the team today than any point since Week One. Obviously, the the days well after, the days after Week One, there was so much excitement. They looked they looked really good that day. There was there was juice about them. Um, but this is probably the best fans uh, feel since week one, which is odd to say about a four and 16. Well, uh, let's talk big picture in a second. I do want to very quickly. We, you know, we haven't given enough credit probably to the running game. Um, you know, it, 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 
it's a little silly that it's taken the Eagles this long to lean on their strength, which is the offensive line. But uh, they have done that, obviously, over the past three games. Jordan Howard and Boston Scott combined for 164 yards rushing. Jordan Scott, uh, I mean, Jordan Scott, Jordan Howard, to his credit, has been has been great uh, when called upon. Um, I think it's a good example of, you know, investment at the running back position. But but he's he's had some spry legs. He looks very good. I, I think we can get to in a little bit what we think the Eagles are going to do when Miles Sanders comes back. But but sticking on the topic um, of just big picture, like so the Eagles are four and six. They are one of five teams in the NFL who has won three games by 17 points or more. It's them, the Cardinals, the Bills, the Cowboys, and the Patriots. Now, the Patriots get to beat up on the AFC East, but they also obviously had a huge win against the uh, Browns today. I mean, that's that's great company. That's like playoff team company. And right now they are uh, a game out of the playoffs, one game behind Carolina, a game and a half behind New Orleans, obviously New Orleans, they play next week, Carolina, they already have a win over. So they would win a tiebreaker there. They have the saints, the three and six giants, the two and seven jets, the three and six, uh, Washington, the three and six giants, three and six, six Washington. And then you get to week 18, who knows what happens with Dallas. So they've got the easiest schedule in the league. Uh, the other teams around them, Minnesota is probably a, a good team at four and five that, that can rack up some wins. We've talked about Seattle, uh, Atlanta's four and five, but the Eagles have a win over them. It is not crazy at all to think about the Eagles as as a possible playoff team. No, and and on on top of that, every team that they've lost to has a winning record. Uh, uh, the the Bucks, mm-hmm. um, the um, yeah, they, the Chiefs, uh, the Cowboys, Bucks, the Chiefs, the, the Cowboys, Raiders. the Chargers, the Raiders. Yeah, so um, they're they're uh, they don't really have these these bad losses that some of these other teams have. And if you well, said, it's like we talk about the defense. It's like they they are a perfect reflection of the quality of their opposition. Yes, yes, and uh, well, I actually no. So the 49ers, uh, are 49ers, bad yeah, right. 49ers are three and five, and uh, but you love what Kyle Shanahan's building out there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see what happens tomorrow night against the Rams, or it's actually tonight because we're recording this at true two oh eight Eastern time, twelve oh eight hour uh, in in Denver. But my my point is that if you said to me that in order for the Eagles to have a winning record here, they need to win five games on uh, on a schedule that includes. The Giants twice, Washington twice, the Jets once, and a Trevor Simeon-led Saints team. I would say that's a good that's a that's a good spot for the Eagles to be in. Not that you want to be four and six, but uh, they've they've lost to, to the teams that they were supposed to lose to. Uh, you can say that. The Broncos weren't necessarily a game they were supposed to win. They it was it was a, a winnable game, but they're going to be favored. I but I I would guess for most of the games remaining on their schedule. I can tell you, they are favored next week. Uh, they are they are right now favored in every game until Week 17 at Washington, which is a uh, one point five. 
Thunderdogs. So and, interesting. And, and Washington just lost their best player. So well, wait a second. They lost two hill. <laughs> Another esoteric joke. Yeah. Casey two hill went down. Uh, Chase Young went down. Oh, okay. Um, all right, let's take uh, let's take one more break, Zach, and then we'll come back and talk uh, a little bit about the running game and maybe some uh, some other nonsense. And super sorecasting. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Directv satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Directv with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Directv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Directv has the most MLB games. Visit Directv.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So, Zach, entering the week, you and I were tied at two and a third points in Super Sorecasting, two games, two full turkeys behind Sheila Kapadia. We needed one of us to come up with a solo victory. Sheila had multiple shots during the broadcast of Pat Shermer in the booth. And, of course, as everybody tweeted at us, uh, Shermer getting Put on the COVID list, uh, not in the game, ahead of time. A tough blow for Shields' uh, Shields chances, which came on Friday. Teddy Bridgewater sets a season high in completion percentage. That did not happen. The broadcast captures Vic Fangio either doing a fist pump, raising both hands in the air to celebrate something that happens, did not happen. And then, of course, he had the Darby thing, which uh, Sertan would have qualified, but uh, nothing for Darby. I had uh, the Broncos have more rushing yards than the Eagles. No, no. Uh, A punt gains a net of less than 25 yards. This almost happened. There was a long Broncos return, but it uh, did not quite break the 25-yard barrier. And then both Noah Fant and Dallas Goddard score a touchdown. Not going to happen. And it looked like we might have a a shutout across the board. You and I were talking about this in about the third quarter. Uh, You had Mac McCain's name is mentioned on the broadcast. The broadcast mentions that Vic Fangio grew up an Eagles fan. Now, you tried to tweet that. I think... um, in order to get the CBS crew to see that. Not at all. Uh, I think that that was a little bit shady, but I appreciate it. You know, you're, you're playing to win the game. You got to play this, hard. Wait, this, this might seem like a, a, like a shock to you, but uh, not everything is about super sorecasting here. Right. I, I was, I, just don't trying believe to, that. I was trying to inform our audience. I was trying to give little nuggets, little morsels of information that had come up during the week that were not going to otherwise, be used in my coverage. Yeah, so, but you used you mentioned it on the show, and so you know anybody who didn't hear point. it on Not the show listens to the show. Well, then no, they don't matter. I I know what our audience is for the show, and I know what the, the I don't care about anyone who doesn't listen to this show. That's not who the coverage is for. I do. First, if off, you don't listen low. to the show, you're not going to hear this, and so I can say. I don't care about you. You know, I, I, I don't think it's binary. I think uh, I care about those who listen to the show and I care about those who don't listen to the show. I, not only do I not care about people who don't listen to the show, I actively dislike them and I don't want, I want them to have bad information. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, you also had uh, Jordan Howard is targeted. It didn't happen, but you get a, you get a, uh, a single play, Two-pointer 
because you had the Eagles defense forces a turnover and the longest touchdown of the game is longer than 40 yards. And so it was no wonder that you set your post-game sites on writing about the Darius Slay play. You say not everything is about super shortcasting, but uh, no surprise that that is what you wrote about. I'm sorry you feel that way. I wrote about And so it. you now are one game behind Shield, the longest view in the room, and you got the, long, the most turkeys in hand. I do, but look, you're only as good as your next week, so – We'll see what happens. Okay. Um, all right. What do you think will happen, Zach, when Miles Sanders is back? Now, Miles Sanders is eligible to return this week. Um, my assumption is whether they activate the practice window or not, he probably won't play this week, but that's purely guesswork. That might not be the case. But I would be like a little bit wary if I'm the Eagles um, about like bringing Miles Sanders right back into this, this offense, because he's not really the kind of running back who they need right now. Um, and I, you know, maybe that's not, maybe that is uh, oversimplifying it and unfair because he is the most explosive of the running backs, but you know, if it ain't broke, don't bring in a guy who uh, dances around in the backfield. It's a great question. And it's, it's, it's one that, uh, you know, I, I think we should examine in depth this week, but uh, my guess is, is he is, he, because he's the number one running back again, but maybe not the same volume as, as before. I, I think that uh, what Jordan Howard gives them as far as the physical running game, I think uh, they, they want to have that in the offense. I, I frankly was, I was surprised that Jordan Howard was not on the 53. Uh, Jordan, I think was surprised, you know, I, I, we in the, in the media spoke to Jordan on Friday and, and he said there, there have been like some tough times during some tough days in these past few weeks when he wasn't playing, but uh, I know you're not a, a big Jordan Howard guy, but there's I'm a, not, not a Jordan Howard guy. I was just not uh keep him on the week one roster. Jordan Howard guy. He's, he's getting the yards in front of him. He's being a, a productive member of this offense. And, you know, because he's been around so long, he's kind of viewed in uh, that, that he's, he's this real old guy. He just turned 27 at the beginning of the month. So why is it always about age with you? What is it with all? Why well, is it always about age with you? Who cares how old he is? I, I, I don't, I mean, I think it's, it's like Satchel Page said, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were? Like, don't look back to time might be gaining on you. That's true too. Okay. I was, I, I, I remember covering, uh, you covered Bob, Satchel page. No, I was going to say Bob Huggins. And he, he told this story about, uh, being in a car when he was a kid and there was, and there was no rear view mirror. And, uh, and the, he says to the driver, uh, he, you know, why isn't there a rear view mirror? And, and it was something along the lines of, well, hey, hey, we don't look backwards here, right? Only forwards. So um, I don't know why I deviated down that path, but uh, that that came to mind. How much how much time did you spend with Huggy Bear? So they were in like the Elite Eight for consecutive, or the NCAA tournament for, for consecutive years that I covered it. Uh, I remember, I remember there was a team with Joe Mazzola. Do you remember that? And, no. and Deshaun Butler. And okay, I remember Deshaun Butler. 
yeah, so it was it was those teams. I, re I remember I was up in the, I was I was at the Washington Post at the time. I covered the first two rounds in Buffalo, the next two rounds in Syracuse, and then your your old stomping grounds. Uh, I believe that they were in. I could be wrong. A first and second round in Tampa the next year that I covered. I would have to look that up, but I, I just remember being around that 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 team a, a decent amount. Who was the who was the bad guy who who went like sixth overall? Who was like a was a joke? The bad guy who went sixth overall. Not bad guy, but like I don't mean bad guy like Razor Ramon or like he he was like a uh, like a QAnon shaman or something like that. I just mean he was a bad player. On what team? From West Virginia. Went sixth overall. White guy. Well, they had. Like uh, yeah, I don't think they had a white guy who went sixth overall. Oh, 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 oh! They had Joe Alexander at, at one point. She yeah. wasn't sixth. Yeah, he wasn't sixth overall. He was. Uh, he went to the Bucks. I, I believe ninth or tenth. Okay. Yeah. But uh, that, that, what's that? But he stunk. He stunk in the NBA, but he didn't. Stink it was a bad all. pick. Uh, everybody knew it. Eighth he overall, was, Joe Alexander. Joe Alexander. Yeah. Um, what do you make of a what do you make of a Denver Zach? Love it. Um, Great town to come to. Uh, have have enjoyed it here. Uh, nice people. A lot of Eagles fans came out here. I'm sorry for those who uh, reached out who I wasn't able to see. I'm happy to shout out to we had a we had a listener uh, bachelor party in town. Uh, they invited us out. We weren't able to make it, but uh, shout out to the the bachelor party crew and to the bachelor. I don't know which one was the bachelor, but congratulations. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, I I met a, a number of listeners today uh, who who wanted you were like a traveling. It's unbelievable. You you had like eight people to sign books for today. Um, it's it's nice, and I I truly appreciate it. And they're uh, if 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 you're listening, thank you. And um, and for anyone who uh, is interested in having a book signed. These upcoming Eagles games or even road games against the Giants or the Jets or Washington, if you go to that, happy to meet you there and sign it. What a man, what a man of the people. And all the people who who reached out uh about having books sent to you, those are gonna go out probably uh the week this weekend coming up. Wow. Unbelievable. Um I had a wonderful time in uh, in Denver as well. Yeah, sorry, I should. Good friend. Should no, that's okay. What do you think of it? Uh, got to see uh, Hannah and Charlie, Doobie and Zach and Amy, and a wonderful time. It's good, good, good place, Denver. Wish the uh, wish the Eagles got to uh, come here more often. Agreed, agreed. I would love if uh, if they, if they were in the NFC East, honestly. But I was I was going to say that 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 doesn't make much sense. If, Who would you trade? Washington. <laughs> if I if I never had to go to Washington again, that would be great. Uh, that could be a devil's. Uh, it could be a monkey's paw type thing. I don't really want to wish that. But if the Eagles didn't play in that division anymore, that would be nice. Yeah, uh, that could be monkey's paw too. But uh, really enjoy coming to Denver. Yeah, good times. And the, the last uh, the last plane ride of the year for us, Zach. It's been a uh, uh, front loaded. Uh, yes, it has road trip schedule yes it has it's been and i have a late flight out tomorrow an early morning late flight out and uh 
have more time to kill tomorrow in Denver. But mm. yeah, then no flights until the offseason, unless there's a playoff appearance. Well, yeah, playoff appearance. Could be looking at a trip to uh, Green Bay, Arizona, L.A., Tampa Bay, Dallas. We'll see. We'll see. All right. What are we uh, what are we looking forward to this week? Uh, We'll get Nick Sirianni tomorrow. Well, it's it's really today. And then coordinators on Tuesday. Uh, Saints week. I'm I'm curious when uh, the Saints came to Philly last year, so there were no fans in the stands, right? Uh, so Malcolm Jenkins. I'm mm. curious if 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 the Eagles do anything, if 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 there's any type of recognition um, for Malcolm Jenkins's return. They're gonna put Zach McPherson's name in the Ring of Honor. <laughs> um, well. That seems to be all it takes to be in the Broncos ring of honor. So. <laughs> oh yeah. This is your good take. Why don't you get this good take off? I just, I was, I, I mean, the Broncos are, are a really good franchise, but uh, they had, they let a lot of people into their ring of honor. They have like guys who played three years for the team who are, who, who are in the ring of honor. Yeah. You were all over that. I just saw that it's, it's usually the Ring of Honor doesn't take up as much real estate as theirs does. But I, Well, it's true, yeah. I haven't seen you that lathered up since the last uh, Derek Barnett. Uh, I was not lathered up about it. I mean, I was <laughs> killing time before a game, observing the stadium. I won that. I haven't been there since uh, the AFC Championship in January 2014. Hmm. I, like a, I like a horse on the, on the field. I'm in, for, I'm in on that. Yeah. This is my first time there. Yeah. I mean, oh, I'm okay. Down, so then to see a horse. doing the talking then. What did you think of uh, the game day experience? I liked it. I'd, like I said, I like a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was good. Do you want to tell anyone about your weekend in Denver? Uh, you spent a lot of time got here. To, so. Got to play some golf yesterday. Uh, that was fantastic. Uh, mostly just uh, hung out with some friends and met, met, their, uh, met the little ones. Now, now your big gripe some about books Denver, to Hannah. So your big gripe about Denver is is the distance of the airport. Yeah, I don't like that. You made it take. It's too long. That. It's too far out. I don't like that. It's like a forty minute drive. It is. What are we doing here? But a, a nice airport when you're there. Uh, yeah, it's a nice airport. Not bad. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I feel like I'm missing one thing that I wanted to talk about, but I, it's not worth thinking about. So I promise our audience I will bring more juice on Tuesday. I'm trying to manufacture energy, but uh, this is a late podcast and it was an early morning. Listen, Zach, excuses breed mediocrity. I agree with that. How many other, is there another excuses uh, motto that you have? Well, there's the one that you probably heard from a young age, you know. Excuses Excuses, are like uh, belly buttons. Like, you know, are are like buttholes. Everyone has one. They all stink, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I just stuck with belly buttons. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I didn't hear you say belly buttons. Uh, all right well that could be a drop i think that's good <laughs> okay 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if someone if if there are fans of Birds with Friends listeners who play their own superstar castings about the post game pod, I would be impressed if anybody had Zach says the word buttholes <laughs> during this podcast. So uh, would I. I don't think I've said I don't think I've said buttholes since I was like uh, eight years old. To be honest with you. All right. Well, the buttholes uh, over under hits at two and a half. So good job uh, by everybody involved. You know, we start we started with nuts and we end with buttholes. Good, uh, good post game pod. with friends. Yes. Yeah. I, I was supposed to be a kid friendly show. All right. Uh, well, with friends after dark. That's right. Um, well, that'll do it for uh, the post game shot. Uh, post game pod. Working blue. Um, the Eagles win 30 to 13, go to four and six, all of a sudden very much in the mix. We can talk about the big picture stuff for another time. Right now, I think it's time to get uh, get a little bit excited about you know what, what could happen down the stretch here for this Eagles team. So uh, we will be back on Tuesday at eight o'clock with our live podcast on YouTube, Little Squall 22 with Sheila Kapadia. And away we go. So for Sheila, Zach, Marissa, and Elijah Riley. I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. And as always, we love you.